and welcome to episode number 13 of the Random Thoughts podcast. Is that lucky or is that unlucky? I guess we're going to find out today because we're talking about superstition. We're here a little bit late, if you may have noticed. We've been off for a few weeks. Some may say because of bad luck. I'd say a lot has to do with just health issues and having a bad gallbladder. But, you know, why do these things happen? Maybe it's luck, maybe it's not. So episode 13 coming around, and I figured we need to talk about superstition. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Now, I'm going to let you know how to find the show, because we don't want anything to get in the way of that. It's randomthoughts.com. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com as far as catching us on the World Wide Web. You can get us on your favorite podcasting apps for both iTunes and Android. And if you're listening to us on one of those, do us a favor and rate the show. It helps a lot. And if you want to send us an email, feel free to do that at random thoughts podcast, one long word, of course, at gmail.com. So we're talking about superstition. And the interesting thing is episode number 12, we talked about getting autographs, especially from some of the biggest names in baseball history. One of those guys, Wade Boggs, when I decided to do the episode on superstition, I did a little bit of research on baseball superstitions, and we're going to be talking about Mr. Boggs again today. So that's two podcasts in a row, which is utterly amazing because Wade Boggs retweeted our tweet about the podcast last time, which made it one of the most popular, most listened to podcasts that we've had with the Random Thoughts podcast. So Thank you, Mr. Boggs. If you're listening, if you're one of those new subscribers, we really do appreciate it. So I wanted to look into superstitions, how these things came about. Why is the number 13 unlucky? And that's one of the things I was thinking about because we found this out more recently in my life, being 48 years old. It was only a few years ago I found out my dad had a big aversion to the number 13. When my mom started telling stories like they'd be coming home from a White Sox game, and if he was driving down to where they live, and he was driving down the street, and the odometer was going to end in a 1-3, he'd go around the block another couple of times to make sure that it wasn't ending on 13. He didn't want to leave the car with the odometer ending in 13, and I was like, wow, that's that's a little bit crazy because why some people think 13's unlucky, which my dad obviously does. And there's people like Taylor Swift who find 13 to be very lucky. Guys like Ozzy Guillen, if we're going to go talk about baseball, wore the number 13. You get to pick your number. So there's some people that think it's lucky, but there's obviously a lot of people that don't because there's movies, you know, Friday the 13th. There's, there's the lore of the number 13. You'll notice quite often. If you're at a hotel or an office building or something like that, and you're in the elevator and you're like, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14, you go, wait a minute, where's floor number 13? I mean, they, the number, I guess, is bad. Not actually being on the 13th floor, because I hate to tell you, everybody that's on the 14th floor of those buildings, you're actually on the 13th floor. Shh, quiet. You don't want to blow their minds, because I guess if they're superstitious, they might not want to be on the 14th floor, which is really the 13th floor. So the question is, is just the number unlucky or is it being 13 of anything? And I guess that's up to you. Everybody's superstitions are a little bit different. 
And that's what makes them amazing. And that's what makes them very interesting to me anyway. Now, the theories as to how the number 13 became associated with bad luck vary greatly, and none of them are really accepted as being the most likely answer. So we're coming down to the fact that there are some theories, but overall, nobody knows, which is also very cool to me, because how do these things happen and nobody knows? We just all accept that this is the case, that 13 is unlucky, that people have these phobias of the number and that, but nobody really knows why. Some people think it's due to the Last Supper. There were 13 guys there. The last one to show up was Judas, the guy that betrayed Jesus. So there's a theory that that's perhaps why the number 13 became associated with unlucky. But that's, again, nobody really knows for sure. And there's really no set thing like it just started appearing right after that. Uh, The Knights Templar, if you want to get even a little bit stranger, it was Friday the 13th, October 1307, when King Philip V of the Fourth of France ordered the arrest of the Knights Templar. Most of the Knights were then tortured and killed. Some people think that's maybe one of the reasons why the number 13 is unlucky. The number of full moons in a year, uh, there are some years that have 13 full moons. That's a rarity. Some people think maybe that's why, because that really screwed up the monks that were doing the calendars. There's there's a whole bunch of bizarre reasons why people think 13 is unlucky, but nobody really knows for sure why this started, how this started. Fridays, I guess, were always known to be kind of unlucky. I guess if you work in nine to five, Usually I would think Fridays were lucky, so I don't know how that became unlucky, but Friday the 13th obviously became a real thing, you know, kind of a crazy superstition that was only fueled by media, movies, and all of that kind of thing. But like I said, there are people that find the number 13 to be lucky. So those people spit in the face of all the people who don't believe that, you know, that think 13 is doom, you know, that's going to get them, that you're going to run into bad luck. Uh, In countries like Italy, for instance, the number 13 is actually considered a lucky number. So if you're Italian, you may find all this unlucky 13 stuff to just be a load of malarkey, which you probably should if you're any nationality. But hey, that's all again, all up to you. There's an expression in Italian, fare tradiki which means to do 13 or basically what we would say here in America to hit the jackpot. So in Italy, 13 really, really lucky, but they're not exempt from the craziness that numbers can be unlucky for them. It's number 17 that's considered their unlucky number. So if you're Italian, you don't believe in unlucky 13, you think 13 is lucky, but you think 17's going to get you. So that's just a brief rundown of the number 13 and the uh, whether it's lucky or unlucky. And if you have a better explanation of this, if you know how 13 became to be an unlucky number, feel free to reach out to us again, randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com and let us know because we did a little bit of research. We couldn't find anything. And it amazes me that something that is this accepted. That, you know, the Friday the 13th, even if you don't believe it, you know 
that Friday the 13th is supposed to be unlucky. You know 13 is supposed to be unlucky. You may not know why, but you know it's a thing. And why it's a thing, nobody really knows. So I appreciate the people that, that spit in the face of 13 being unlucky, especially somebody like Taylor Swift, who I'm a big fan And I know I take some crap for that, but I like all different types of music. It could be Frank Sinatra. It could be Johnny Cash. It could be Ted Nugent. It could be Taylor Swift. And I could listen to them all in one day and enjoy them all for different reasons. Taylor Swift's music makes me smile. Okay. And she was born on December 13th and has always looked at the number 13 of being lucky for her. This is a quote from her. I was born on the 13th. I turned 13 on Friday the 13th. My first album went gold in 13 weeks. My first number one song had a 13-second intro. And every time I'd won an award, I've been seated in the 13th seat, the 13th row, the 13th section, or row M, which, of course, is the 13th letter. She's often seen with the number 13 written on her hand during shows. So this this is her good luck charm, and I love the fact that somebody can take what other people consider to be a bad omen, a bad sign, bad luck, and completely turn it around. Like I said, one of my favorite baseball players of all time has been Ozzie Gian, number 13. He was one of my favorite players. He came back around to manage the White Sox, won a World Series, perhaps, hoping this isn't true, but it perhaps the only White Sox World Series that I'm going to see in my lifetime, a manager who wore number 13. So I find that to be lucky. Maybe I'm a little bit crazy. It's been, it's, it's been thrown out there. I don't necessarily believe that, but I'm not as crazy as some of these celebrities who have just some very bizarre superstitions that, uh, that kind of scared me and blew my mind. And some I kind of got some, you know, we hear these things, you know, people have a lucky, maybe some lucky underwear, some lucky socks, a lucky ring, something like that, that they keep with them, that they believe brings the good vibes. I get that. You know, if you have a favorite, you know, necklace, if you have a favorite ring, if you have something like that and you think maybe you keep a lucky penny in your pocket, I kind of get that. That seems, while irrational in the sense that, I don't believe there's good juju, bad juju coming because you're carrying this trinket with you. Some people take this to a whole new level. And the one that I have found that was the craziest is supermodel Heidi Klum, who carries around with her a little bag of her baby teeth. I will repeat, she carries around a little bag with her baby teeth. She told this to Jay Leno on The Tonight Show in 1998. She said, we don't have a tooth fairy in Germany. I put them in a little bag. There's little ones, big ones. Those were like wisdom ones. I don't know if it's good luck. It's just a crazy thing that I do. So Heidi, at least she knows it's crazy. And as a guy, if if I can steal a term from uh, the podcaster from That Larry Show. Heidi Klum is a very pointy chick. So if she wants to carry her baby teeth around in a little bag, you know, I think most guys are going to find it a little strange, but it's not going to be anywhere near a deal breaker because she's Heidi freaking Klum. So maybe if you're that hot, 
you can get away with a few more crazy superstitions. Just saying. Megan Fox, another very pointy chick, has a ritual when she flies. At least this was what she revealed to Conan in 2009, which I guess this is what you do when you go on these late night talk shows. But she has a fear of flying. And how she combats this is she says, I know for a fact it's not my destiny to to die while listening to a Britney Spears album. So she listens to Britney Spears when she flies. Which I guess, if you think about it, makes absolutely perfect sense. And a lot of superstitions seem to come around things like flying, where people have a certain fear and you really, you need to pull that good luck charm out. And it's something that I've done in the past. And uh, it, it was something after NASCAR champion Alan Kowicki, who drove for the, uh, the Hooters racing team, was a local guy up in Wisconsin, was one of the the greatest stories when it came from the underdog winning a championship. After he perished in a plane crash, the next X amount of times, I don't even remember how many times it was, but the next amount of times that I got onto an airplane, I wore an Alan Kowicki t-shirt. I figured this would be the way to kind of, and you know, if there was something bad that was going to happen, this would kind of be like wearing Superman on your chest because what are the odds you would die while wearing the t-shirt of, you know, why, what are the odds that you would die in a plane crash while wearing the t-shirt of a guy who died in a plane crash? I figured that would just be too ironic. So, uh, so I guess I threw, threw that one out there. So I don't, blame Megan Fox at all for having the thought of, well, there's no way I'm going to die. I'm not going to allow myself to die while listening to Britney Spears. So if I listen to Britney Spears, I'm perfectly safe. Megan, the logic is sound, not just because you're a pointy chick. Jennifer Aniston, I guess we just keep adding to the pointy chick list, also has a pre-flight ritual of her own. She says before she goes anywhere, on an airplane, as she's walking into the airplane, I always have to go with my right foot first and tap the outside of the plane. I've always done that for luck. So there's planes. There's definitely something to the uh, to the superstitions and flying. I guess maybe it has something to do with being in a big, really heavy metal machine while hurling through the air at hundreds of miles an hour. That really freaks people out enough to where. If you're going to have any of these weird little quirks, if you're going to believe in any of these superstitions, that this is probably where it's going to show up. Now, if you think celebrities are superstitious, you have you know nothing about the world of sports because that seems to be where superstitions go to become legendary. And maybe rightfully so, because sports requires a lot of different things. They require you to have a lot of skill at what you're doing, but it also requires a certain amount of luck. Things have to go your way. There are things that are out of your control and you can be the best at what you do. And you can even make, you know, for baseball, for instance, the greatest hitter of all time, Ted Williams hit 400 in one year. But what does 400 mean to somebody that doesn't follow baseball? That means that six times out of 10, you went up to the plate and failed. You didn't get a hit. That six times out of 10, you were the absolute best ever. So you need a little bit of luck to become a legend in whatever sport that you're playing. And so the superstitions hit some of the biggest sporting legends. 
in the history of their particular games, including Michael Jeffrey Jordan, who led the Chicago Bulls to six championships. What a lot of people may not know, though, is Michael Jordan was credited with kind of changing the look of the game and started wearing a little bit of those longer shorts. Well, there was a good reason why. And I didn't know this. And I live in Chicago, although to be fair, was never a big Bulls fan, even though, you know, when Michael Jordan was in town, that was obviously all anybody talked about. And even though I'm not a Bulls fan, you know, I can tell you Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, Dennis the, Rod, Dennis the Worm Rodman, all those guys, the impact that they had on the city. But Michael Jordan, those long shorts, I didn't know part of the reason for him changing to those shorts was he had a superstition. Yes, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, perhaps the greatest basketball player of all time, had a superstition where he liked to wear his University of North Carolina shorts under the Chicago Bulls uniform in every game. So what did he do to kind of cover that up? He switched to the longer shorts so people couldn't see that he was wearing another pair of shorts underneath. Michael Jeffrey Jordan wearing two pairs of shorts, one of them his lucky college North Carolina shorts underneath. So it's amazing to me that a guy that became one of the greatest, if not the greatest basketball player of all time, it's not like he just did this on certain days. According to the reports, the stories that I've read, this is something that he did with regularity probably every time that he hit the courts. So superstitions, they're in your mind. You just have to maybe think they're doing something right. That must be the whole thing. You associate something with something else. And if it's good, you want to keep doing it. And if it's bad, you want to get it the hell out. So this is, I guess, good superstition, bad superstition. But obviously the shorts work for Michael Jeffrey Jordan. So if you are a struggling basketball player out there, Maybe you want to wear another pair of shorts under there. You had a good college career. You're struggling in the NBA. Hey, wear that extra pair of shorts. Let me know how it goes. But baseball, I mean, basketball, I'm sure there's some superstitions out there. But baseball, the way the game is played, the pacing of the game, everything about baseball opens it up for different types of superstitions. And you've seen stuff. All you know, there's guys that won't step on the foul line. You know, maybe they jump over the foul line when they go onto the field, never actually step on it because that would be bad luck. Uh, you have guys like Big Pappy, who, if you ever seen him hit, David Ortiz, great, great, great player for the Boston Red Sox, would always spit on his batting gloves, clap his hands together. That was a superstition. That's something he had to do. It was part of his routine. Why it was it a part of his routine? Because it was just. A superstition. It was something that he did. Obviously, he felt that it gave him good luck. And I, hey, I can't argue with the end results. If you're looking at the career of David Ortiz, if spitting on your hands, again, guys, if you're out there, you're playing baseball, you're not doing really good, think about it. Spit on your hands, clap them together. Maybe your whole career goes in a different direction. I don't know. It shouldn't work. There's nothing logically behind it. There's no scientific principle that will tell you that doing any of these things is going to improve your game, but don't tell it to these players. Jason Giambi. Now, I'm going to warn you that you should probably be sitting down right now, and if you have just eaten a big meal, I'm going to apologize for what is coming. Um, you may want to keep a bucket nearby, because Jason Giambi, who was a decent slugger in his own right, but certainly not one of the greatest players, but most people, if you know baseball, you've heard the name. 
Jason Giambi had a surefire, well, what he considered, obviously, a surefire cure for getting out of a slump. Now, we've heard, again, some people have lucky socks, lucky underwear. I believe it was Jim Leland of the Detroit Tigers that had, they were going through a stretch at one point where he said he wasn't cleaning his underwear. That could get a little bit crazy in the clubhouse, maybe after the game. Uh, but we've heard things like this, you know, there's lucky underwear, lucky socks. Well, Jason Giambi, and this is why you need the bucket. When he wanted to bust a slump, wore a gold thong under his uniform. I will wait while you vomit. Okay, we're back. Now, just, okay, I don't want to ask you to consider that in your mind, but just consider the mentality. Consider how much you have to believe in a certain thing being lucky. How much you believe in the superstition that this is going to bring you what you want. This is going to deliver you to the promised land of getting baseball hits. Wearing a gold thong, Jason Giambi. And I guess, you know what? He had a fairly long major league career. So again, I'm not here to argue the fact that this maybe didn't work for him. He, I'm sure, thinks it did. I don't know how many times he did it, but if you ever run into him, feel free to ask him. Or if you want a strange but really cool uh, item to hang on your wall and a really a good conversation starter to add to your baseball autograph collection, load up on gold thongs. Take him to an autograph signing. See, so get him to sign it. Be a great idea. He probably would because he seems like the kind of guy that would enjoy being in on the joke. Now, there are some players like Max Scherzer. One of the greatest pitchers of my lifetime, no doubt. One of the most talented guys I've ever seen. He has two different color eyes, too, which maybe is a superstition against everybody else. Maybe they're just freaked out by that. And, and that can explain besides the fact that the baseball kind of moves like a wiffle ball out of his hand. But part of his superstition is not telling anybody what his superstitions are. So it's a kind of an interesting is that a superstition is an anti-superstition. So you're super you're superstitious about people finding out what your superstitions are. That's kind of a weird mind screw right there, if you think about it. But his wife commented on this, and I guess it's okay. And who else would know, right, if, if not for the wife? Um, she says there's a few quirky things he does, like eating a huge, oh, this, okay, this is a, in the article, there's a few quirky things he does, like eating a huge roast beef sandwich before every start or wearing his shorts backwards. I don't know. I mean, I would think when I put my shorts on backwards, it's uncomfortable. Maybe there are different type of shorts. I don't know how that exactly works. His biggest superstition, and this is where the quote from his wife comes in, he has this superstition on top of everything else that you don't talk about your superstitions. There's a few I know, a few others that I only think I know. So I guess obviously she sees things, but he won't even talk to her about it. So he's really freaking committed to the superstition of not talking about his superstitions. And I applaud him for that. I think that is absolutely awesome. And again, whatever he's doing, it really, it seems to be working for him because he is a guy, a uh, perennial Cy Young Award candidate, and will probably be a Hall of Fame pitcher when his career is all said and done. Now, somebody that is in the Hall of Fame, known as the Chicken Man, Wade Boggs, not because he was afraid of anything, but it was because he loved to eat chicken. It became a thing that every day he was playing, he ate chicken. 
It's probably the ultimate superstition in sports. And I had heard about that because I think everybody had it was when your nickname's the chicken man, people understand where that came from. But Wade Boggs and the the whole world of superstition is so much bigger than chicken. And I had no idea. And I find this to be fascinating. And I find it to just elevate the legend that Wade Boggs has out there from his career on the baseball field, because there's something to be said when it comes to any sport, really, again, Michael Jordan throwing free throws. I mean, what do you do? You keep doing the same thing over and over again, and you get better at that. The more you throw the free throws, the better you are, hopefully. In my case, didn't happen, which is why I'm a podcaster and not a professional athlete. Baseball, the same thing. There's repetition. There's doing your drills. There's doing the same thing over and over and over again. There is a very large amount of rote learning when it comes to sports. And a lot of that is, uh, as the great Hawk Harrelson always says, you know, it's muscle memory. Your body just knows how to do what it's supposed to do because you've done it over and over and over and over again. Now, Wade Boggs, yeah, he ate chicken before every game. And that's pretty freaking cool, if you ask me. But he also did some other quirky things. They're not necessarily did quirky things, but he had a very, very, very specific schedule. He woke up at the exact same time every day. And I guess I can kind of understand that. You set your clock, you get up. That's, some people do that on a daily basis, right? So we're not going to give him too much credit for that. He also took exactly 150 ground balls in practice. Now, that means you're sitting there every day taking the ground balls and you're counting them because the people hitting you the ground balls are probably not counting or they're going to get it wrong. But he took 150 ground balls each and every day to get his defense better. He took batting practice and he always started at 517. This is for home games. You know, I mean, again, game times may be different. Uh, but always started batting practice at 517. I'm assuming when he was on the road, if he could, if he could start it at 17, he did. He always ran his wind sprints at 717. His route to and from his position in the field beat a path to the home dugout. And then when he was going up to bat, every time he went up to bat, he drew the Hebrew word chai, C-H-A-I, which means life, in the batter's box before each and every at-bat. So these things all added together. We have a Hall of Fame career, one of the best hitters in the game, and I would be interested to know how much still to this day the great Wade Boggs thinks that these, uh, whether you want to call them superstitions or whether you just want to call them a routine, how much they had to do with his success on the field. Because there are people that do things every once in a while. And, you know, maybe if you're in a slump, again, Jason Giabi didn't pull out the gold thong for every game. And I'm sure his teammates are so freaking happy about that. But he pulled it out when he needed it. And I understand that kind of stuff. That's more of an extreme thing. Again, that's like going on an airplane and wearing a T-shirt of a guy that died in a plane crash. That's going on an airplane, making sure you're listening to Britney Spears. You don't do this stuff on a daily basis. Wade Boggs thousands of at-bats in his career, always doing the same thing, writing the word when he gets to the batter's box, fascinates me on a whole new level and gives me a whole new aspect to look at and, and how athletes are doing their thing 
and all that. And I, we all have our superstitions. I mean, I'm pretty sure with one of my eye surgeries, when they were wheeling me into the, uh, to the operating room, they told me it was operating room number 13. And I didn't go into a massive amount of fear. I kind of thought it was a, a sign of good luck. It wasn't. But hey, that's another story entirely. My dad would have probably grabbed at the walls and said, oh, you take me into another room because I'm not going in to room number 13. Don't want anything to do with that. And for myself, I really, I took a look at the things that I do. And I don't think I have any large, crazy superstitions beyond the things, like I said, and this all comes down to clothing, which is a little bit weird, I guess, when I kind of thought about it. But it comes down to things where, even though it wasn't necessarily horrible things, there was a there was a point way back when I was in college where I had a medical spell of some sort and ended up going to the hospital. I was wearing a Bruce Springsteen sweatshirt at the time, and I specifically never wore that sweatshirt again. Not that it had anything to do with what wound me up in the hospital. I just didn't want to wear that shirt anymore. A few years ago, I wound up in the hospital with a massive migraine attack, which basically made half of my body go numb. Migraines are very weird things. Maybe you should do a whole nother episode on them. But I had gotten the things where you get the uh, fireworks in the eyes. Uh, I've gotten, you know, kind of a little bit headachey. Mostly my migraines were visual occurrences that I could see and then feeling like crap for a few hours, but not Dehabilitating headache pain, like some people get. Well, I decided to cut out caffeine, and after a few months of no caffeine whatsoever, uh, I got the most massive migraine of my life. Which, again, like I said, it it turned out to feel like a stroke. I start getting a little bit of tingling in the uh, two fingers on my left hand. Soon it was the full left hand. Soon it was up my arm on the left side, legs, tongue, mouth. The whole left side of my body was basically, you know, when you, you lay on your hand and it kind of falls asleep and you get that kind of a feeling. Whole left side of the body basically did that. So again, thought it was a stroke. Ambulance comes, go to the hospital. Everything checks out. Figure out it was a migraine. The T-shirt I was wearing at that point which was a t-shirt for an old podcast of mine, the Alt This podcast, which I did with my buddy Jeff Kraske from the, from the beautiful state of California. I haven't worn that t-shirt since. It's sitting there in the closet, and, and I see it there, and, and I know that nothing bad's going to happen if I put that t-shirt on again, but let's just say it's been a few years since I've worn that t-shirt. So I'm aware of it, and I know it's crazy. I know there's no logic behind it, but I mean, why, why, why kick the possum, right? I mean, why, why tempt fate when you don't have to? Maybe that's how a lot of people figure these little superstition things are. So, you know, maybe a gold thong if it worked for Jason Giambi. Why not? Chicken worked for Wade Boggs. The number 13's working for Taylor Swift. I guess the bottom line is, whatever works for you, go with it. Whatever doesn't work for you, kick it out the back door and never wear that damn t-shirt again. So I'm glad you're along. I hope you're liking these shows. We're going to be trying to do them regularly. Next week may be hard. We're going under the knife for said gallbladder problems. So, you know, thoughts and prayers. Send those up to uh, whichever, whichever God that you're praying to in these particular days. 
And uh, and hopefully we'll start getting back on a normal weekly schedule with the Random Thoughts podcast. If you're digging it, definitely hit me up. Again, email is randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. Until next time, stay safe out there.